حديث ست وثلاثون الحديث السادس الحديث السادس وثلاثون أن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من نفس عن مؤمن كربة من كرب الدنيا نفس الله عنه كربة من كرب يوم القيامة ومن يسر على معسر يسر يسر الله عليه في الدنيا والآخرة ومن ستر مسلما ستره الله في الدنيا والآخرة والله في عون العبد ما كان العبد في عون أخيه ومن سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهر الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة ومجتمع قوم في بيت من بيوت الله يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة وغشيتهم وغشيتهم الرحمة وخفتهم الملائكة وذكرهم الله في من عنده ومن بطأ به عمله لم يسرع به نسبه رواه مسلم في هذا اللفظ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وبارك وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد We explain the hadith up to قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم ومن سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة I explained the first part of the hadith so I'll start from here من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة Whoever seeks the path to go and seek knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make easy for him the path to paradise Whoever is going to seek the path of knowledge to learn especially the knowledge of Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make easy for him the path to paradise In other words, Jannah can be found through ilm. Without ilm, a person would find it very difficult to find Jannah. Ilm is the first stage. I remember mentioning to you that the stages are ilm, knowledge, al-amal, practice, wad-da'watu ilayhi, to call people to this knowledge, was-sabru al-adhafi and to have patience because of the difficulties that you will find when you try to call people to this ilm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the first ayat that he sent in the Quran speaks about knowledge and its importance. He says subhanahu wa ta'ala iqra, read bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq in the name of your Lord who created. What distinguished Adam alayhi salatu wassalam from the angels is ilm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the malaika, the angels, anbi'uni bi asma'i ha'ula'i in kuntum sadiqeen. Tell me the names of all these things that I created. If you are truthful, 
قالوا سبحانك لا علم لنا they said glory be to you we do not have any knowledge الا ما علمتنا except what you taught us and adam alayhi salatu wassalam was told قال يا ادم انبئهم باسمائهم ادم tell them the names of the things that i created فلما انباهم باسمائهم when he told them when he explained everything allah had created what is that called knowledge قال الم اقل لكم he said didn't i say to you meaning to the angels inni a'lamu ghayb as-samawati wal-ard i know the secrets of the heavens and the earth wa a'lamu ma tubduna wa ma kuntum taktumun and i know the things which you hide or the things which you show and the things which you hide adam alayhi salatu wassalam was given a special position by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of knowledge human beings are allah's special creation because of their ability to learn their ability to understand their ability to develop since allah created the world up to this day what new thing have the lions learned you tell me something new which the lions have learned since the creation of the world have they learned anything new nothing the way allah created them the first day is the way they are today nothing has changed no development no new knowledge absolutely nothing all the other animals what have they learned since the day that allah created them nothing they still remain the way allah created them but the human being since creation up to this day has learned so many new things which the other creation of allah has not learned we learned how to make things that we could not make before today you have computers you have phones you have whatsapp you have vehicles you have aeroplanes you have so many new things and allah continues to teach us many more new things and this makes us special knowledge the ability to learn and how we distinguish between a useful human being and a useless human being is that a useful human being learns every day and develops a useless human being is just the way he was born he doesn't learn anything new at all the way he was 20 years ago is the way he is today 20 years ago he knew qul huwa allahu ahad allahu samad lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakun lahu kufuwan ahad maybe he knew 10 surahs 20 years ago you ask him today maybe even the 10 surahs are gone maybe he knows two now is that development that is going backwards is there a big difference between him and the the animals the animals don't know and the human being doesn't know he is not learning so this ilm is what makes you different don't you ever forget that always tell yourself knowledge is what makes me different from the other animals that allah has created the moment i stop learning then i'm similar to them because they learn nothing new at all then up to now they didn't even learn how to make houses the birds they knew how to make those nests the very day allah created them right any improvement they used to make those nests out of out of grass from the day allah created them to this day what what has changed any improvements in the in the way they make their nests no improvement 
The, the lions, any improvement, any development in their world? Absolutely none. So we should not be like them. Man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilma, a person who beats the path in order to go and seek knowledge, Allah is going to make easy for him the path to paradise. How is Allah going to make the path to paradise easy for him? Innama yakshallaha min ibadihi ulama. The only people that fear Allah among his servants are the ulama, the people who understand Allah, the people who know Allah. If you don't know Allah's power and you don't understand Allah's punishment, if you don't understand Jannah, you don't understand Jahannam, you will not fear Allah. You only fear Allah once you understand the power which Allah has. So by seeking knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make uh, Jannah easy for you. And in many ahadith, إِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَةَ لَا تَضَعُ أَجْنِحَتَهَا لِطَالِبِ الْعِلْمِ رِضًا بِمَا يَسْنَى The angels spread out their wings to a person who is going to seek knowledge. رِضًا بِمَا يَسْنَى Because they are happy with what he is doing. He remains in the protection, under the protection of the angels because they are happy with what he is doing. Some people think this means you leave, you leave your home in order to go to uh, some other country to go and seek knowledge and then the angels are going to spread out their wings for you. That is not the meaning of the hadith. Anywhere you go to seek knowledge, even if you have to leave your house to go to the neighboring house to go and learn something, then this applies to you. So in leaving your homes to come to the masjid, in order to come and learn about Allah, you are covered under that hadith. Imam Ali radiallahu anhu said, Al-ilmu khayrun min al-mal. Knowledge is better than wealth. Al-ilmu khayrun min al-mal. Knowledge is much better than wealth. Al-ilmu yahrusuk. Knowledge protects you. It looks after you. The moment you become knowledgeable, your knowledge is going to look after you. As for money, you are the guard. You're the one that guards the money. It's the other way around. When you are knowledgeable, the knowledge is enough. It's going to take care of you. I was listening to a certain sheikh on a clip on social media who said there was a time he wanted to go and study uh, maybe English and uh, science and technology. And then his sheikh called him and asked him to sit down. He was a young man then. He said, what do you want to go and study? He says, everyone now is studying English, they're studying science, they're studying technology. And that's what I want to go and study. He said to him, do you see all these, these shops around the mosque? There were many shops around the mosque. He said, yes, I, I see the shops. He said, who's the owner of the shops? He said, they're, they're yours. The, the shops were for the sheikh. He said, you think I, I got them through uh, English and science and technology? He said, no, you didn't get them through English and science and technology. Where am I found? He said, you're found in the mosque, you sit here. He said, but how did I get them? 
Who, who gave me? He said, Allah gave you. He said, why did Allah give me? He said, he gave you because of Quran. He said, yes. If there is a reason why Allah should give someone, the Quran is the biggest reason why Allah should give you. If, if there is a reason why Allah should give anyone, the Quran is the biggest reason why Allah should give you. And this has been proven. I'm not saying people should study Quran so that they can become rich. But it comes with it. It comes with it. You study Quran, you're busy, and Allah takes, takes over. He just says, I'm going to look after you because you are busy with, with what has to do with me. When you remember Allah, Allah remembers you. So this ilm is enough to, to protect you. And wherever you will go, it doesn't matter where, wherever you will go in the, in the world, whether laqaddar Allah, it's in the time of war, or time of poverty, or time of whatever, the ulama are always given priority. They're always given priority. Even in the time of war, even the non-believers, people who don't believe in Islam, know who the ulama are and they will not touch them. Am I, am I lying? They know who the ulama are. They say, no, this, this is a religious leader. He's a religious person. Everyone respects him, including the people who do not belong to that religion. If you're an Adim, you're a Sheikh, you're a Sheikh. To everyone, including those who are not Muslims, all of them respect you equally. But obviously, we, we don't know what's, what's good for us. You will grow old, 90 years, 90-something years, but you'll be surrounded by millions of people. Surrounded by millions of people. Who saw the janaza of Sheikh Abu Bakr al-Jazairi? You couldn't see the, where the multitudes ended. You know how old he was? 90-something years old. With your technology and your science, the moment you retire, people start running away from you. Usually, you die a very lonely death, and no one cares about you. There will be very few people around you. To people, you become a bother. You, you're just a bother. Do you know that several old men die just on their own, neglected? No one is even around when they die. You ever seen an alim who died in such a manner? Neglected and no one around him. People follow him everywhere, wherever he is. So this ilm is important. Then he says, يتلون كتاب الله وتدارسونه بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة People will never assemble in one of the houses of Allah meaning in the masjid يتلون كتاب الله reciting the book of Allah وتدارسونه بينهم and teaching each other about the book of Allah except that tranquility is going to descend on them. You know what tranquility is? You know tranquility? Tranquility is a feeling of, of peace. When you sit in the majlis, talking about Allah and the book of Allah, there's just a certain peace which comes from only Allah knows where, which descends on you, and you start feeling very comfortable, you start feeling very nice. When you're in the masjid, 
when we're talking about Allah, talking about Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it's as if the outside world does not exist. You feel a certain nice feeling which, which you wish could continue forever. Unfortunately, the, the moment you walk out of here, ah, your problems are waiting outside. But while you are here, there is a tranquility that comes over you. This Sakina is the best feeling in the world. This feeling cannot be derived from money. It can't be derived from anything else. That's why I keep saying, if those who have a lot of money and are trying to find happiness in the world, if they knew what we feel when we sit here, they would chase all of us outside the mosque in order for them to sit here. But the problem is, they don't know what is found here. Only you know what is found here. They don't know what is found here. That tranquility, that peace is found in this place. Sometimes you feel maybe wealth is going to, to bring you happiness. It's such an anticlimax. Someone is going to give you a lot of money, lots of money at, at one time. And what happens? It just brings you a lot of confusion. You, you don't enjoy it. You're so confused. It's, it doesn't bring any happiness. My, my younger brother was, was telling me the other time that he listened to a khutbah in, uh, in Mali where the sheikh was saying, it's a, obviously maybe a figurative story, but it's, it's an important story. It has a meaning. He says the sheikh said there was a man, a cobbler, um, the one who sews uh, uh, shoes, he makes very, very little money, obviously. Sometimes, sometimes no one brings his pair of shoes for, for sewing. Sometimes he will make maybe 10 kwacha, 20 kwacha, very little money, isn't it? So someone, after the other, inshallah. So he says this man was busy, you know, with uh, shoes, shoe mending making very little money every day. Sometimes they have something to eat, sometimes they, they don't have. And then this rich man came to him and said, I see you struggling, you know, mending shoes and so on. I would like to, to change your life. So I have some money. It's a man who has a, you know, big companies, lots of companies, and he wants to, to pay his zakat. He says, I have some money I want to give you. This is zakat money. It's yours so that you don't have to, to mend shoes. And he says it was thousands of, of dollars. He gave him a huge sack of, of money. No more shoe mending. Obviously, your life has to, has to change. So he says he took this money to, to his house. He arrived in the evening. He called his wife. See, our life has now changed. We have a lot of money. We are now rich people. Ah, really? So what do we do now? Where, where do we put the money? The husband says, uh, let's put it under the bed. She says, ah, some thieves might come in here and attack us. They will take all the money. She says, yeah, you're right. If a thief comes in here, the money will be stolen. So what do we do? She says, uh, why don't we dig outside and bury it there? She says, yeah, good idea. So they went out and started digging outside. They buried the money there. They went back into the house. They said, mm, but Suppose dogs dig there and, and find the money, it will be a problem. Let's go and remove it from, from outside. They removed it there. But where do we put it? I don't know. Maybe up a tree. Up the tree, but if it falls, you know, the whole night. They spent the whole night thinking of where to put the money. 
So he's, when he woke up in the morning, he just grabbed the sack of money and returned it to the owner. He said, I, I, I mend shoes, but I sleep at night. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mend shoes, but at least I do sleep at night. Since you gave me this money the whole night, we didn't sleep just trying to, to find where to put it. <laughs> he said, I, I don't need it. I'm a poor man, but at least at night I'm, I'm able to sleep. This, this, this has become a big problem to, to me. So what I'm saying is sometimes the tranquility and happiness we think we're going to find in, in money is never there. That happiness, that tranquility is only found in this place in remembering Allah because Allah has assured us that we are surrounded by, by angels and there is a tranquility that comes over us, a tranquility that cannot be bought with, with money. Then Rasulullah says, This is very, very important. If, if your work fails to help you, if your work is going to slow you down, you don't do the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked you to do. If it slows you down, your tribe is not going to help you. Your tribe or your relationship or your race or your nationality is not going to help you. Meaning this has to do with work only. It has nothing to do with tribe. فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذْ Says Allah, there will be no nasab, no relationship between them on that day. وَلَا يَتَسَاءَلُونَ And no one is going to ask them. So lest someone should think, because I'm from a tribe fulani, it's going to be easier for me to enter paradise. Tribe doesn't help anyone. Lest someone should think, because I'm from such and such a country, or I'm from the Arab race, or I'm from the family of Rasulullah therefore I'm going to enter paradise easily. This is a clear hadith. Lam nasabuhu. His tribe or his race, his relationship is not going to help him at all on the day of judgment. Each one is on his own. Your father being a sheikh does not make you a sheikh. You're not a sheikh. Your father may be pious, a good man who prays five times a day. You cannot enter paradise on your father's ticket. He has his ticket. You have to have your own ticket. We are not related. Our relationship is only in the world. Because obviously you have to, to come into the world in, in a way. And Allah chose these people to be your parents as your way of, of coming into the world. But at the end of the day, you are an individual on your own. And you are answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on your own. People should not misunderstand me. Obviously, I've seen in many countries uh, people who claim to be, to be sharifs. They say they are sharifs because they are from the family of Rasulullah I don't want to take anything from, from anyone. Obviously, anyone can be from the family of the Prophet Muhammad If he's a good Muslim, he fears Allah, and he does what Allah has, has told us to do, then alhamdulillah, nurun ala nur. He's a respectable man for being from a noble family. Are we together? But if he does not fear Allah, being a sharif is nothing. Because in that case, Abu Lahab should be a sharif. 
Abu Lahab is like a father to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But his nasab is not going to help him on, on the day of judgment. Tabbat yada Abi Lahab wa tab ma aghna anhu maluhu wa ma kasab sayasla naran dhata lahab. This man that, the, uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about in the Quran is a man, a brother of the father of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he's the only one mentioned for such punishment in the singled out for such punishment in the in the quran and he's a relative of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but the nasab in this case is not going to help him are we together so i'm not saying we should disrespect someone who who is of the family of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who will say alhamdulillah ni'mah to be from the family of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is what Ni'mah, it's a good thing, but only, only if you're a good Muslim and you follow the principles of, of Islam. Other than that, it's not, it's not ni'mah at all. Rasulullah came out one time and said, Ya ma'ashara Quraysh, all of you Quraysh, I will not help you on the day of judgment. Why did he mention the Quraysh? Because that's his tribe. You're my tribesmen. I will not help you on the day of judgment. Ya Fatima, Fatima is his daughter. Oh Fatima, my daughter, Salini, ask me of my money, anything you want, I will give you. But on the day of judgment, I will not help you on the day of judgment. If Rasulullah is not going to help Fatima, what about someone 20 generations later? Fatima, his own blood. He says, I will not help you on the day of judgment. What about someone born 20 generations later? You think he's going to benefit from, uh, 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 from it? Absolutely not. So, abihi amaluhu, the meaning of the hadith, amaluhu, lam bihi nasabuhu. I think we can stop here for today, inshaAllah ta'ala. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi subhanakallahu wa bihamdihi la shadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfura tubu ilayki subhana rabbika rabbi layzat amma yisafun wa salamun ala al-musaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin